The stakes in the war for the soul of the church have been raised to an all-in level as the October Amazon Synod's working document has been released. It's caused one cardinal to call the document out for heresy and a warning of apostasy. That's what we're discussing on today's episode of the John Henry Weston Show. Let's begin, as we always do, with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And let's also ask today for the intercession of Our Lady of Mount Carmel on this, her feast day. Before we get to the list, we have to understand that Jesus came as a man born of a woman. He was the new Adam and Our Lady, the new Eve. Jesus came as a man and established his priesthood in persona Christi, or in the person of Christ. Therefore, all ministers ordained to his ministry must also be men, not women. If any woman who ever lived was to be given holy orders, it would have been the mother of God herself. Yet she would never want anything contrary to the will of her son. And also let's quickly address the popular saying that Jesus couldn't ordain women because it was culturally inappropriate at the time. Well, of course, that's ridiculous. Jesus broke with all kinds of cultural taboos. He spoke of a triune God scandalizing the Jews. He, he talked about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, horrifying the Jews who are even forbidden to drink animal blood. So it's nonsense to suggest that Jesus didn't ordain women for cultural reasons. He established different roles for men and women, and the ordination to holy orders is only for men just as much as motherhood is only for women. While the bishop has the fullness of the priestly power from Christ, ruling the diocesan church and being the direct descendant of the apostles for the particular area or diocese over which he rules, priests were appointed to fulfill the ministries of offering the holy sacrifice of the mass and hearing confessions. Deacons were devoted to preaching and ministering to the public on a more personal level. And in the early church, you will hear, yes, of deaconesses, which were women who assisted, especially with baptism, at a time when full immersion baptism was used. And due to concerns over modesty, women administered the sacrament. Now remember, baptism is a sacrament that anyone can administer, even a non-Catholic, as long as they have water and use the words, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. These deaconesses of the early church were never given holy orders, but they were given a commission to undertake a particular service for the church. Nothing at all to do with officiating at Mass in any way. The church, in following divine law laid down by Christ, has always forbidden holy orders for those other than baptized men. Canon law says about lawfully conferring orders of priesthood or the diaconate, it says, and I quote, only a baptized man can validly receive sacred ordination. That's Canon 1024. There is evidence of this constant teaching throughout the entire history of the church, in the sacred scriptures themselves, from Pope Saint, or excuse me, Pope Gelasius in the fifth century, from Pope Innocent IV in the thirteenth century, and Pope Benedict the Fourteenth in the eighteenth century. Recall the admonition of Saint Paul in the scriptures. You'll read about it in First Corinthians fourteen thirty-four, and I quote: "Women should remain silent in churches." End quote. That law, which was followed in the church until various interpretations of the Second Vatican Council, saw women reading the scriptures at Mass, but not the Gospel. In addition to St. Paul's admonition in the Holy Bible, 
Let me quote from Pope Benedict XIV's 1755 encyclical Alate Sunt, where he summarizes the teaching of the Church on this point, and I quote, Pope Gelasius, in his ninth letter to the bishops of Lucania, condemned the evil practice which had been introduced of women serving the priest at the celebration of Mass. Since this abuse had spread to the Greeks, Innocent IV strictly forbade it in his letter to the Bishop of Tusculum. And he quotes, in, again, this is from the encyclical of Benedict XIV in 1755. He quotes then uh, Pope Innocent IV saying, quote, Women should not dare to serve at the altar. They should be altogether refused this ministry. End quote. That's of the quote of Innocent IV being quoted by uh, Pope Benedict XIV. And Pope Benedict XIV in his encyclical continues, we too, and that's the royal we referring to himself, we too have forbidden this practice in the same words in our oft-repeated constitution, Etsi Pastoralis, section 6, number 21. That was 1755. So we see all throughout the time of the church this teaching reform, uh, confirmed again and again and again. Demonstrating the severity with which the proposals of the October Synod about the ordination of women and others are being viewed by those in the know. Cardinals Müller and also Cardinal Walter Brandmüller, one of the two remaining dubia cardinals, issued a strong critique of the Instrumentum Laboris, calling it heretical, as did also uh, Cardinal Müller. Cardinal uh, Müller, of course, was the former head of the Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith. And, but Cardinal Brandmüller also called it an apostasy from divine revelation. He called upon church leaders to reject it with all decisiveness. And in his essay excoriating the Instrumentum Laboris, Cardinal Brandmüller wrote, wrote these words, quote, It is impossible to conceal that the Synod intends above all to help implement two most cherished projects that heretofore have never been implemented, namely the abolition of priestly celibacy and the introduction of a female priesthood beginning with female deacons." End quote. Of course, women's ordination to holy orders is impossible in the Catholic Church, and any change in this regard would be false. In fact, until recently, a priest advocating women's ordination would be excommunicated as was Father Roy Bourgeois in 2012. However, the same can be said about other issues, such as communion for divorced and remarried Catholics, communion for Protestants, the teaching of the death penalty. Yet, in all these cases, a false change has been allowed to fester in the Church. As with most of these seeming changes, Pope Francis has opined both ways on the matter of women's ordination. Early in his pontificate in 2013, he issued the exhortation Evangelii Gaudium, wherein he seemed to indicate, in line with all the popes before him, that there was no possibility of women being ordained. He said, and I quote, The reservation of the priesthood to males as a sign of Christ the spouse who gives himself in the Eucharist is not a question open to discussion, end quote. He reiterated similar thoughts in 2016. Nonetheless, he and his closest collaborators have been hinting at an ordained ministry at Mass for Women ever since, specifically focused on the possibility of allowing women deacons. Here are 10 examples of just that. 
In the October Synod working document, the Instrumentum Laboris, women's ordination is suggested. It calls on the church to, quote, promote vocations among indigenous men and women in order to respond to the need for pastoral and sacramental care, end quote. It also calls the church to, quote, identify the type of official ministry that can be conferred on women considering the central role they play today in the Amazon church, end quote. Secondly, in August 2016, Pope Francis set up a 12-member commission to study the issue of women deacons, even though a previous commission on this subject in 2002 had concluded that women's ordination is not possible. Moreover, Pope Francis appointed as a member of the new commission the world's leading advocate of ordaining women deacons, Phyllis Zagano. Number three, early in his pontificate, Pope Francis shocked Catholics by washing women's feet at the Holy Thursday Mass of the Lord's Supper. The symbolic washing of the feet of the celebrant of Mass to commemorate Christ's washing of the feet with his apostles at the establishment of the priesthood. In January 2016, Pope Francis officially altered the church's practice to allow for washing of women's feet at the Holy Thursday celebrations. He lessened the scandal of this move by suggesting that the meaning of the rite was more about charity and service, however. Number four. In a March 2016 interview with Die Zeit, the Pope was asked about the devastating lack of priests in Germany and Switzerland. And he said, yes, that is a great problem. Many parishes have well-behaved women, he added. They keep up Sunday and celebrate liturgies of the Word, that is, without the Eucharist. Celebrating liturgies of the Word and such ceremonies is something that the Church has always reserved to ordained clergy. Number five, in the Apostolic Exhortation Amoris Laetitia, two paragraphs address the issue of women's rights. Pope Francis deplores the, quote, lack of equal access to dignified work and roles of decision-making for women. He uses feminist language, in fact, to denounce, quote, the excesses of patriarchal cultures that considered women inferior, end quote, even quoting himself when he says the argument that, quote, many of today's problems have arisen from women's emancipation is a false and untrue form of male chauvinism, says Pope Francis. If certain forms of feminism have arisen which must, uh, we must consider inadequate, he adds, we must nonetheless see in the women's movement the working of the spirit for a clearer recognition of the dignity and rights of women." End quote. That's from paragraph 54. Also, in April 2016, the Vatican's newspaper, L'Osservatore Romano, ran a series of articles calling for women to be able to preach at Mass. And then Pope Francis has met in official capacities with female clergy and bishops from other denominations. Also, in February 2017, arguments for the ordination of women to the priesthood were presented in the oldest Jesuit journal of Italy, a journal which, by the way, is reviewed by the Vatican prior to publication and run by Jesuit Father Antonio Spadaro, one of Pope Francis's closest advisors. Civita Cattolica published an article by Father Giancarlo Pani, who is of course a Jesuit, suggesting that the admission to the priesthood of women should undergo re-examination. There's also this 
Bishop Erwin Krautler was made primary author of the June 17, 2019 Instrumentum Laboris, that's the working document for the upcoming Synod. Krautler is a strong supporter of ordination of women to the priesthood. In June 2018, LifeSite News reported on a 2016 book written by Bishop Krautler in which he argues in favor of female priests. And in July 2019, a secret prep synod of cardinals and bishops was held with a Vatican representative in attendance, and it pushed for women's ordination. So those are our 10 points. But really, given the weaponized ambiguity used in the Vatican these days, in which seeks to sort of push the envelope as much as possible without actually forcing a schism in the church, my bet would be that the synod will stop short of allowing for giving holy orders to women. My actual guess would be that the Pope's hint about women in Germany will be made into a new kind of ministry for women without proclaiming it an ordained ministry, since that would cause too much or too many prelates to object. What will most likely occur is that an official normalization of what already takes place in kind of exceptional circumstances or abusive cases. For instance, um, Women are already permitted to serve at the altar uh, in liturgical garb. Women are already permitted as readers in Mass. And since women already act as extraordinary Eucharistic ministers, the move to give women a named ministry and liturgical garb at Mass, uh, perhaps with the possibility of preaching as well, doesn't seem so far-fetched. But once we get there, once we have that sort of change in the face of the church, there'll be no holding back women's ordination, since it will already be there visually and symbolically. In the absence of a priest, a woman in liturgical garb could lead the prayers, read the readings, gospel, give a homily, and just use the already consecrated hosts from the tabernacle, as Pope Francis mentioned already. Happens in Germany. And by that point, the look and feel of the all-male priesthood will be all but destroyed leading quickly and inevitably to a false women's ordination. But women's ordination will never happen in the true Catholic Church, even if a majority of Catholics were to break with the truth and pursue that direction. Pope John Paul II stressed the impossibility of female ordination and the teaching was reiterated definitively and irrevocably. It was in 1994, John Paul II, in Ordinatio Sacro Totalis, wrote, and I quote, Although the teaching that priestly ordination is to be reserved to men alone has been preserved by the constant and universal tradition of the Church and firmly taught by the Magisterium in its more recent documents, at present time, in some places, it is nonetheless considered still to be open to debate or the Church's judgment that women are not to be admitted to ordination is considered to have a merely disciplinary force. Wherefore, in order that all doubt may be removed regarding a matter of great importance, a matter which pertains to the Church's divine constitution itself, in virtue of my ministry confirming the brethren, I declare that the Church has no authority whatsoever to confer priestly ordination on women, and that this judgment is to be definitively held by all the Church's faithful." End quote from John Paul II. In that same encyclical from John Paul II, 
he also said this. He pointed to Our Lady as the definitive proof that women were not meant to be ordained in ordained ministry. For as he suggested, were Christ to have chosen any woman in history for ordination, it would have been his Most Holy Mother. Pope John Paul II said, and I quote, the fact that the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God and Mother of the Church, received neither the mission proper to the Apostles nor the ministerial priesthood clearly shows that the non-admission of women to priestly ordination cannot mean that women are of lesser dignity, nor can it be construed as discrimination against them. Rather, it is to be seen as the faithful observance of a plan to be ascribed to the wisdom of the Lord of the universe." End quote. That's all time we have today for today's episode of the John Henry Weston Show. May God bless you.